Hey guys, welcome to Living Box Free. Our mission is to help you break out of the box of society's expectations. And we're going to do that today by talking about marriage. We're in the middle of our Who Dat series, and we actually pre-recorded this episode because Becky had a baby named Sawyer, and he's great. Just wanted to update you, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey guys, so excited that you're with us here on Living Box Free. I'm Ashley Insights. And I'm Becky Ford. We are excited to talk about marriage this week. Just a little thing called marriage. Not a big deal. Meh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, no biggie. Just a <laughs> lifetime commitment. Yeah, since neither of us are experts, even though Becky's been married for what we decided, six years now? Six years going on seven. Yep. Going on seven. Uh, we are neither of us experts, so we brought in some experts. Bruce and Julie Boyd are with us. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thank glad you. Yeah, glad, glad to be here. here. Excited to hear from them. First, before we do that, we start every episode with the question, what's on the rise for you this week? Becky, let's start with you. What is on the rise for me this week is sleep insomnia. <laughs> so Ash knows I've texted her a few times this week. Uh, I I just have been lying wide awake at night. And apparently this is something that pregnant people experience in their third trimester. So they uh, say. So they say. But yes, uh, so my work colleagues, I apologize. I did not use my video cam every morning. And CrossFit classes, I apologized. Yesterday, I called someone's wrist ankles. It was my sleep deprivation. I was like, oh, yeah, those aren't your ankles. Those are wrist. Thank you for correcting me. <laughs> and anatomy is the first thing to anatomy. go. Anatomy, first thing to go when you're talking. So I apologize if I get any terms incorrect today. Yeah. That's my excuse. Okay. I have not been sleeping much. <laughs> Perfect. What about you, Ash? Um, I am going to go literal on this one. My roommate gave me a new pillow yesterday because she was cleaning out the closet and she found a brand new pillow. And it's a good, okay, I'm going to be realistic and say four inches taller than my last pillow because I think I got my last pillow in high school, you guys, <laughs> which wasn't that long ago, right? No, it was just a couple of years ago. Um, so yeah, my, my head is on the rise, which I think is good. I don't know. Neck positioning pillows. It's complicated, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, Julie, let's hop to you. What's on the rise for you this week? Well, gosh, my business is on the rise. I actually work with a mental wellness company and it's good and bad. I mean, it's bad because so many people are struggling with anxiety and depression and, mm -hmm. and all of that because the, the season that we're in, but it's good for me because I'm able to help lots of people and it's helping to grow my business. So that's on the rise. That's pretty cool. I mean, not that anxiety and depression are cool. But the <laughs> right. Yeah. And we've talked about that plenty. So Bruce, how about you? Well, I think uh, my my metabolism is trying to get on the rise here because we've been on vacation the past week and on West Coast time. And so it's uh, been challenging getting up in the morning um, or adjusting mm -hmm. to the new time zone thing. But uh, it's got me on, on the rise, too, because I have to I'm teaching at our church next Sunday. And so I have to definitely get my act together this week. So hopefully <laughs> my brain's on the rise shortly. <laughs> <laughs> Put some words together. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Sentences would be helpful. Yeah. Remember, this is wrist. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Not Important an ankle. Thing. Yeah. There's not too much anatomy in your sermon, though, yeah, so I think not. you'll be okay. Usually not. Yeah. Usually. <laughs> you never know, though. That's true. You never. Yeah, Stranger things true. have happened. Yep. 
Awesome. Well, again, thank you both for joining us, Bruce and Julie. I have worked with them kind of peripherally. I don't know that we've ever been on the same team together, but we, I've known you guys for, I think I actually met you in 2008. So it's been quite some time and I've gotten to spend a few chunks of time with you and just have really enjoyed it. And I know that you have done a lot of things surrounding marriage conferences and speaking. They do a lot of speaking. And so I'm excited to hear from them. I'll let you guys talk about who you are, where you come from. Give us a little bit about yourselves. Well, you know, speaking about marriage, we come from very different backgrounds. In a lot of ways, I grew up in Texas. Bruce grew up in North Dakota. I came from a very dysfunctional family. My parents were divorced when I was really young. My mom was married five times and she was mentally ill. My dad was married four times and he was an alcoholic. And so my grandmother raised me and, you know, my life was craziness. I had no good solid picture of what marriage looked like at all. I had no clue. Uh, Bruce, on the other hand, I'll let him share his story, but was a complete opposite of the way that I grew up. Yeah. Yeah. I I was born in North Dakota, like she said, and uh, my family, uh, there was no divorce in our family at all. Um, And so I, my parents were actually married 54 years at the point when my dad passed away. Wow. And, uh, and I, I just, there was no concept of it. I mean, it, it, I grew up, you know, we grew up as uh, baby boomers. And I think in our generation, divorce was the exception. Julie was kind of the anomaly. Um, and uh, our, ours was more normative. We were the, I affectionately call ourselves the leave it to beaver clan. You know, <laughs> Ward and June were my parents. And, um, uh, that shows my age right there. You guys probably don't, don't even know that show, but <laughs> you've seen it. Okay, good. Um, but yeah, so when we when we talked about getting married, for me, it was like this would be awesome, no problem. But Julie, man, she was uh, she was scared. She was nervous. Uh, there was a lot of doubt in her mind. And so for her, it was a big deal. For me, it was like, man, this is awesome. So yeah, we we came from very different worlds. Yeah. How did you end up, I don't even know this story, actually. How did you end up in the marriage conference business, I guess, for lack of a better word? We don't even know. We're still wondering about that. Ourselves. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're convinced it's a clerical error somewhere along the way. Yeah. Well, actually, it's kind of a funny story. Um, Family Life was going to be doing some big sessions at the conference at Colorado State University, and they were looking for a couple to do some drama uh, because they wanted to do a dramatic production. And so Mm -hmm. our name came up somehow and we got connected with that um, and got to meet some of the people with family life. And the next thing we knew they were inviting us to come to a conference to give some input on how we could make it more interesting instead of just talking heads. Was there something creative, some creative ideas that we might have to mix things up a little bit. So Mm -hmm. We went to a conference, and after it was over, the guy who invited us said, you know, I think you guys would be really good speakers for the weekend to remember. And we were like, what? Are you kidding me? (laughs) We always looked up to the people that spoke at those events, and never in our wildest imaginations would we have even conceived of the idea of speaking at one of those events. So to be Mm -hmm. asked was, like, shocking. I mean, the most we had talked, honestly, in front of people, I mean, obviously, music ministry, we were doing that for a lot of years, but 10 minutes, 10 minute talk, 
Yeah. And then the thought of filling up an entire weekend with content is like, you've got to be kidding me, much less on marriage, you know, <laughs> because we've been married, I think, 13 years at the point we started with this. So, okay. yeah. How long have you guys been married now? Uh, 37. 37? Awesome. Wow. Uh, just as a fun fact, why don't you tell us about your uh, rock star touring days, would you? Rock star touring days? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, which one? I Boy, we, did, yeah. we were in so many different groups. It's hard to... Well, I think we, we traveled with our family for a while, and that was really awesome. Got to go overseas, travel to so many different countries. That was amazing. Got to uh, be part of conferences and stuff. But then our boys became a band. But okay, here's the story that's so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> we actually got invited to be on America's Got Talent as our family band. Okay. And it was back in the days of MySpace. Uh And uh, we got this message. I thought it was a joke, but I called the number anyway, and uh, it ended up being for real. And this guy said, we were just scouring YouTube and we saw your family band. We're looking for a family band that doesn't do bluegrass. (laughs) Is that rare? I guess. I guess it is. I guess. Apparently it's it's the stereotype. The audition was in Chicago and it was in a, it was like the next day. We hadn't been rehearsing because the boys were working on a recording. And uh, we're like, well, I guess we can throw something together. What the heck? So we drove up to Chicago, went to the, what is the place called? McCormick Place, yeah. It's a huge convention center. There are thousands of people waiting around. And I thought, oh my gosh, we're going to be here all day. Mm-hmm. Well, when we signed in, they walked us straight to the judges because they had reached out to us. So we oh, got wow. to go right in, went through three dis- different auditions as the family band and the brother band okay, uh, made it to the final one there, not with the actual uh, celebrity. celebrity. Yeah. And they said, well, we like you guys. We can't decide if we want the family or the brothers. And it was about the time the Jonas brothers were a big deal. Yeah. You know? So anyway, they flew us out to Chicago, ended up doing the family. LA. LA. Oh, LA. Sorry. Flew out to LA to do the Chicago finals. That's the reality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chicago finals in LA. Um, <laughs> But anyway, we started our song and Piers Morgan X'd us right away because he doesn't like family bands unless you're a dysfunctional family and you have a story, then you're okay. Okay. And then Sharon Osbourne X'd us. And then at the very last second, uh, who was it, Bruce? Um, The other judge. He was the guy that was on uh, Baywatch. I I can't think of his name. Not a clue. I know, I'm spacing myself right now. I don't know if I can think of it. It'll come back to me. But anyway, at the very last second, he X'd us. And uh, anyway, Piers said, well, it was like, you were like the Jonas Brothers with Grandma and Grandpa on stage. Ouch. Yeah, yeah. And the other guy, I can't think of his name. You would know it if I could. Hasselhoff. 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 David Hasselhoff. He said, all right. You're, you guys are a good-looking family, and you sound really good. But, you know, I think you need to let the boys do their own thing. And we're like, well, yeah, we're they're in the middle of recording, but they're not quite ready. And yeah. so, anyway, that was kind of the end You're of like, the well, story. like, well, we're trying. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, our that's moment hard. in glory and fans <laughs> down in flames. But the boys band got going. They traveled around. They got to open for a lot of large uh, Christian bands like Jeremy Camp and 10th Avenue North. Um and they also got to open for Keith Urban. Keith Urban. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. 
So it was pretty awesome. It was yeah, fun. They were great. Yes, they were amazing. You yeah. can still find them on YouTube. They're called Three Union if you want to look them up. Yep. Three like the numeral, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing a little bit about your background. Let's dive into the the difficult stuff, I guess. I don't know. I don't <laughs> even really know where to start. So let's, why don't you talk to us about like common issues in marriage or what you see like when you're doing the weekend to remember, which is when I start with, tell us what that is just so that we know. And then um, like what you commonly see as problems that people come to you with or come to the weekend with. So yeah, we've been doing uh, family life weekend to remember events for 22 years now. It's basically a uh, a two and a half day uh, getaway for married couples, uh, typically at a at a nice hotel, and uh, begins on a Friday night. All day Saturday, you get a date night on Saturday night, and then uh, wraps up Sunday around noon. And it's just a, it's a great opportunity to get some awesome biblical input on what a marriage blueprint looks like. And uh, there are project breakouts where couples get a chance to actually interact over the material. Um, you know, most couples go through marriage. Uh, communication is probably the biggest breakdown. You know, you, you have the emotional side and, and you love to communicate prior to getting married, but then the busyness of life presses in and you become a butler married to a maid. And most couples just don't have the time in their life to really connect heart to heart because kids come in and jobs and all sorts of things. You're going separate directions. And so the weekend provides a great opportunity for a couple to actually sit down and talk about things that matter. And, and they've got a, a roadmap for how to process those things. And, and it usually has tremendous results for most couples who attend. Um, it's, it's been a blessing to be a part of it. And we, we are in awe of what happens <laughs> to a lot of couples. Their stories from beginning to end of the weekend are dramatic in a lot yeah. of situations. So. Cool. So you mentioned communication, Bruce. Yeah. I'm curious, what are, do you have, you mentioned this roadmap too, what are those core pillars of a healthy marriage? Obviously communication, you've already called that out, very critical, especially right. when life gets busy, but what else are those core pillars that have a healthy marriage um, and allows us to sustain that? Well, I mean, I would say, obviously we're a biblically based conference. And so we make the case that, uh, it's, it's really important to have the spiritual foundation as well. A lot of couples, you know, will head into marriage and they've got the relational, they've got the horizontal element, uh, you know, working, but, but they're unaware or choosing not to cultivate the vertical aspect of the marriage relationship. And, and if you talk about a pillar, uh, that, that's a huge one. For, mm -hmm. And couples don't even realize it. You know, they'll come into a weekend and have that, their eyes open to that. Like they never even considered that as a, as a valuable uh, aspect of what a union is. And so we make the case that oneness between a couple is essential, but oneness with uh, their creator is essential too. And, and that becomes the glue that really holds the relationship together. So obviously communication is a huge thing. Uh, spiritual, Jules, what else would you throw into there? Well, I was just definitely thinking about what you're talking about, faith. Being on the same page, you know, because I think we see a lot of people go into a marriage and they don't even consider that, whether it's the same denomination or whether it's the same type of belief. You know, if you are not together on that, it's a huge deal because, you know, your faith is the foundation of who you are, really. And a lot of people put that to the side and 
and then they pay for it later. It's like, we don't believe the same thing. How do we even go to the same church? What do we do with our kids? Mm -hmm. You know, but that's just part of it. Uh, Communication is huge because we do communicate so differently uh, based on our own families. We didn't have much communication in my family because of the craziness. You know, I don't have much relationships. I had never had many. How do I say that? (laughs) Great relationships (laughs) with any of my family members, you know, because they weren't really in my life. And I don't even know, really, even with your family being close, how great your communication was, because Bruce never saw his parents fight. Mm. You know, he never saw them argue. And so then when we got into a relationship, and I was way more confrontational, I tend to say what's on my mind. I don't pull any punches. And he's Mr. Uh, Oh, what's the word? Diplomat. Uh, Yeah, peacemaker. You know, he didn't know what to do with that because he'd never seen his parents you know, work through an issue. And so I think a lot of couples come into that situation where they don't know how to communicate because they never saw that at home. Yeah. Which really gets into another, I mean, communication feeds into the whole area of conflict. And most marriages, uh, when they experience conflict, they don't know what to do with it. And they think something's wrong and they begin to freak out and they think they're the only ones going through it. And uh, all the bad habits of a lifetime of whatever their family background was come to bear. And if you, if you don't have a, a roadmap, you don't have tracks to run on and how to, how to actually work through a conflict situation, uh, it, that breeds the isolation, which is really, I think, a core thing that we see in most marriage relationships is that oneness gets replaced with isolation. And, and couples drift apart, and they don't know why, they don't know how. And eventually they look at each other as strangers and they conclude, well, obviously we made a mistake. This shouldn't be happening. Our kids don't deserve this. So the best thing we can do is bail out of this and Mm -hmm. start over thinking that the grass is greener somewhere else. I'm curious this, this weekend that you guys do are most of the couples that come, are they in this state Bruce where it's isolation and it's like last ditch resort or are they already kind of feeling like they're in a good spot and they just want to improve or do you get, do you see everything? It's all over the map. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we have people coming in that aren't even engaged that just want to mm-hmm. see what, what is this about? You know, trying to prepare. Mm-hmm. We have people that are divorced that come and sit on the opposite side of the room. I would think that most of the couples that come are, they're fine. You know, they're okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they realize they're not Okay. <laughs> They come and thinking, well, this will be a nice little tune-up, and then they realize they have things that they have been neglecting or ignoring that they need to work on. But I'd say most couples really aren't in a desperate situation. I mean, there are a fair number of those people that come, but most people just want to to grow and get things in a better place, you know. And I mean, honestly, is uh, and we'll go there uh, on this discussion because we're in a very sexually charged culture today. A lot. They they walk into a marriage with very different perspectives on intimacy, and um, and unfortunately, pornography has played a huge role in shaping the mindsets of a lot of men, and sadly now a lot of women too are being mm-hmm. sucked into that. And so they walk into a marriage relationship with all these fantasies looming in their mind and expectations, and it's not the reality. You know, you can't sustain that kind of thing uh, for the long term, and, and Plus, 
most of porn is, is very self-oriented. It's self-pleasuring. And the, the other person is there as an object to fulfill your needs. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't say most. I'd say all. Yeah, <laughs> all yeah. Photography well, is self. <laughs> yeah, self-fulfillment. So, and, and if that's your mindset and your construct as you walk into a marriage relationship where I'm expecting you to meet all my needs and fulfill my fantasies, then it's going to be major disappointment and no one can fulfill that. And so it creates all sorts of angst and issues in the, in the intimate side of things. And so our conference, we talk a lot about uh, what is it supposed to look like? You know, what, what is well, the, I think actually, for, for women, sometimes what happens, they've come out of some kind of abusive relationship prior to getting into the marriage situation. And so they have some PTSD mm-hmm. when it comes to intimacy. And it's hard to separate that from what happened in the past to you know, what's happening in your relationship. Now, I know for us early on, uh, I had some bad relationships prior to Bruce and I had made some really bad decisions, you know, gotten involved sexually with some guys and I had some of that hanging over me. So sometimes when Bruce would be, you know, wanting to touch me or something, I'd be like, you know, get your hands off of me. You know, it feels like you're always, you just touch me because you want something, you know, not just because you love me. And that caused quite a barrier for our intimacy for a while, you know, yeah. because I had the things from the past that were still hanging on that I had to work through and, and not compare him, you know, or his motivation to what the other guys had done in the past. And man, that was a hard one. Cause I thought, man, am I ever going to enjoy this? You know, is our intimacy always going to be, you know, stressful and hard for me? And it's something we've had to work through, talk through, pray through, um, stuff like that. Cause it's, yeah. and I think a lot of people deal with that. Yeah, it's huge. It really, it's a big issue in most marriage relationships. Yeah. When you say work through it, like what was your process to work through it? Like you said, talk through it and pray through it. Was it really just like having the conversations or was there counseling involved or like, I'm just curious what that process was. Well, for us, um, it was definitely a lot of communicating and talking about things, uh, reading books that uh, talk about those kind of issues. I should have got, we probably should have gotten some counseling, <laughs> but uh, we never did. I would encourage people that are struggling with that to get some help. You know, don't do it on your own. I think there was just a lot of shame involved, feeling like you're really a failure if you have to go to a counselor or something, you know. But I would say it would be good to do that if somebody's struggling with that, get some help because people, other people have helped people deal with these things. And I think a lot of the issues are common and you don't have to feel like it's just you. There are ways to walk through and work through issues and it'll happen a lot faster if you have somebody that knows what they're doing, helping you. So, yeah. Yep. Hmm. Um, I'm sure Becky has questions because she always does, but I'm curious. So I have a couple of friends right now contemplating, okay, is this, how do I know if this person is the person I want to marry? What, what things would you say you need to have talked through? Well, yeah. Um, we've had the opportunity to give premarital counseling to a couple of, a couple of couples and, uh, you know, uh, the things you don't think about, I mean, most couples think, well, we feel in love. You've got the feeling thing going, you got the emotional connection going. And, and they just think that's going to sustain us, but there's so much more to 
thinking through, it's just like, okay, what are your life goals? You know, are we on the same path? I mean, I, I was dating a girl in college who totally, I, I wanted to go into missions work and she knew that, but that was not her heart at all. Yeah. But we ended up, uh, you know, dating for two plus years because we were emotionally infatuated with each other, but yet we were not going the same way at all. And uh, when I met Julie and we had the similar heart, it was like, wow, this this is amazing. We're actually thinking the same things and having the same dreams. So I think that that's, that's critical. Um, things like finances, it's one of the top five reasons for divorce. Couples just don't think about financial implications of things um, these days. It's just difficult to uh, survive without two incomes. And sometimes couples have to realize that, you know, uh, are we going to relegate our kids to, to daycare? their whole life or is one of us going to make the decision to stay home and raise the kids but uh you know some i mean we knew a one couple that got into the marriage and he found out she had twenty thousand dollars in debt he didn't know anything about you know and so there's there's just a lot of transparency issues and finances that we don't want to talk about couples make the mistake of setting up separate accounts when they get married because it'll be her money and my money you know that kind of thing and it's not our money. You and you start doing that, it creates all sorts of issues. So I mean, good night. That's that's a huge one. Jules, do you have other thoughts? Well, I think something that you need to think about is their family. You know, do you get along with their family? Because um, that's going to be your grand the grandparents for your grand for your kids. You know. Um, that's a really big deal uh, that I think people overlook or they just gloss past. It's hard, you know, that's so hard uh, because you may totally be on the same page otherwise, but it will add to the conflict in your relationship for sure. Yeah. Well, and I think too, people have different uh, standards as far as how they take care of the house, you know, how they pay the bills, how they mow the lawn, Little tiny things, how you put the toilet paper on the toilet paper roll. <laughs> how you, you load know? the dishwasher. And yes. The Bruce list goes will, on and on. Bruce will totally reload the dishwasher <laughs> if I don't put the things in there right. Like, I believe are you it. Kidding me? <laughs> yeah. It's, we've talked a lot about expectations too. Mm-hmm. And so just as you guys have spoke, communication, so, so key, whether it's expectations life-changing and flexing. I'm sure who's putting in more work and sometimes it's not always equal. I'm guessing that's what I've experienced. Um, what for those people listening right now, what would be your biggest tips for couples in order to have these conversations that need to take place and maintain a healthy state? Cause obviously things always are always changing. So what are some of those strategies you would give couples tuning in listening to this? Well, um, I mean, it's a great point about expectations versus reality. I think we all walk into any relationship thinking we're going to live happily ever after. You're always going to meet my needs. You're always always going to be the sensitive guy or the, the perfect hot woman that I'm going to have. And uh, we, we talk about it a lot in the conference that expectations are kind of at one level, rea- realities at, at another level. So expectations are high, reality is not always there. And this gap is is disappointment it's it's like you're kidding that's not how you are and and so how do you mitigate those sorts of things it's it goes back to communication for me i think julie and i 
we took a parenting course that uh, talked about a thing called couch time. And it was an intentional purposing of 10 minutes, at least 10 minutes a day where we get eyeball to eyeball with each other and just say, how are we doing? How are you doing? What's going on? And, uh, and, and if the kids are around, the kids know that this is mom and dad, mom and dad time. Or this is not the time to interrupt. And in those early childhood days, it's tough, man. You really got to be intentional about carving out that time. And, uh, cause if you don't, then things break down. Um, so anyway, I, I just think setting up a framework where you purpose to say, how are we doing? Yeah. It's big. Well, and I mean, that, that's ideal, right? That would be nice <laughs> if both people were on the same page. But if you're having trouble communicating, again, you need to get some help. You know, uh, I have several young couples that I, well, mostly the women that I talk to a fair amount through my business that we've connected that are struggling in their relationships. And uh, they try to talk to their husband and their husband just won't listen won't verify or, you know, validate, validate their feelings. And how do you change a person? You know, that's the hard thing. Um, I think if, if you're in that situation to try to know how do you communicate to the person in a way that they will accept what you have to say, um, uh, it's just complicated. And again, <laughs> you know, if you're in a situation where you're really struggling, you need to get some help and not try to do this on your own because it's too hard. I can't even tell you what a blessing Bruce has been to me because at one point about four years ago, I was going through a major depression and anxiety. I mean, it was bad to the point where I just didn't even want to live. And I had no capacity to do anything. I didn't have any capacity to cook, to clean, to barely get out of bed. And he just, he spent, oh, I don't want to get emotional. <laughs> Hours just praying over me. He's a good man. So he put up with a lot. He had to take up all the slack for the things I couldn't do. And uh, that's what true servanthood looks like. You know, the Bible talks about uh, the man is supposed to love his wife the way that Jesus loves the church. And that's a servant leadership. That's not somebody who's lording over you or demanding things from you, demanding submission. You know, a person who's willing to serve and uh, He's the epitome of that. So, mm. well, she is a fighter. I mean, you know, again, it really is. I think about that passage in Ecclesiastes as the cord of three strands is not easily broken. And uh, when one is falling down, the other can lift them up. And, and that's been true. You know, we've been able to do that for each other in a lot of different places because Julie is, she has been such a spiritual inspiration to me. I think when she, we got married, that was one of her expectations. This guy's on staff with Campus Crusade for Christ. Oh, my gosh. He's going to be this amazing <laughs> spiritual leader. And and she quickly found out that I wasn't real. That wasn't a strength area for me. I didn't really know what to do. It had never been modeled for me. I, I wasn't really discipled well in college. Um, and I just didn't know how to lead spiritually. And and yet I saw her commitment, her love, her passion for Jesus. That And her she talked about her bluntness in communication. I, I grew to really appreciate that where she would tell me how she felt and it would, it would really motivate my heart and, and say, you know, you do, you need to step up to the plate here, young man. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you need to, to step into the role that you uh, have 
been given by the Lord in this relationship. And I'm, I'm growing in it. I mean, 37 years in, I'm, I would not call myself a great spiritual leader still. Uh, I'm definitely making some strides, but, uh, but it's, it is, it's, we need each other and uh, we've been able to be for there for each other in different seasons. So mm-hmm. I feel like it goes back to the word that you, you used earlier, Bruce, the oneness. I, I mm-hmm. love that. And you two have just painted a beautiful picture and illustration. Marriage is not all rainbows and sunshine. <laughs> there are ups mm-hmm. and downs and that's why you are one. So you can lean on each other and, and be there to support and help each other grow no matter how many years you've been married. So a beautiful illustration. And thank you both for being open to share that with us. Um, I, I'll never forget before I got married, my mom made a statement that really kind of shocked me when I told her I was, uh, we were engaged. She goes, well, I'm happy for you, but just know that no one will ever make you feel as good. And no one will ever have the power to hurt you as much as that person that you love. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it is, it's, a reminder that that connection is so valuable and making sure that we are focused on how do we grow and communicate and not fall into that pit of isolation, as you mentioned, but be aware and seek help when you need it and um, provide help for one another as well. It's, it can be such a beautiful, uh, such a beautiful relationship as we talk about relationships here. So yeah. thank you both. Uh, we will make sure in our podcast notes to put the familylife.com link as well as weekend to remember. So people can go check that out whenever they're coming back. Those conferences stay tuned. Yeah. Believe <laughs> that they're coming tuned. back. Yeah. They will. They will. I'm sure. Uh, and thank you both. As Ash said, we, we both, we do not consider ourselves experts. I've got some experience under my belt, but definitely not 37 years. So we appreciate you coming on sharing some key pillars of what successful marriage takes and what are some of those common pitfalls. You talked through a couple of those communication, intimacy, expectations, and uh, what can we do to focus on how we continue to improve. So we really appreciate you sharing your insights with us today. And uh, we we hope to uh, talk to you some other time. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thank you guys. <laughs>